This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is NFL Nuts. Sunday with Ryan Hannibal, the ultimate football podcast. Let's get started with NFL Nuts. Sunday. Now here's Ryan Hannibal. A few days away from the NFL draft, we have no better person to join us than Tony Pauline. Tony, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, you've been all over this draft really since, you know, last last season. What stands out most to you about this draft, particularly in the first round? It seems like there really hasn't been much consensus on sort of how things are going to go. Do you sort of see the same? Yeah, there are a couple things. I mean, it's going to be a defensive-heavy draft, especially in the first round. Uh, you're looking at a draft that could be a historic draft as far as the defensive line is concerned. And, and like you said, I think especially when you compare it to last year, the quarterbacks are all over the board. As you said, there's no consensus. And the reason is is because there is much more uh, downside risk and much more bust factor in all the quarterbacks in the 2019 draft compared to what we saw a year ago. And then looking at the whole draft as a whole, what are some of the positions that you see as being sort of the strength of this draft? Well, like I said, I mean, it could be a historic draft on the defensive line. Right now I've got 12 uh, defensive ends, defensive tackles, edge rushers, if you will, that grade out as first-round selections. Uh, it's not just the qu- quantity of, of players at the position, it's the quality. I mean, Quinton Williams, Nick Boza, Rashawn Gary, Ed Oliver, uh, these guys uh, all have uh, really great potential at the next level. There are a lot of underrated guys. You look at the Clemson kids, Cleveland Farrell and Christian Wilkins, I think are ridiculously underrated. Uh, so I think it's really, you know, in the front defensive line, whether you run a three-man line or a four-man line, a lot of talent there. I think it's a very good tight end draft. Uh, again, you don't have really any two superstars at the top, although T.J. Hawkinson is, is probably one of the uh, few top 15 choices. Uh, but you've got great depth in the third, in the second, third, and even fourth round. Uh, you may have at least uh, 12 tight ends selected in the first 125 picks which is a huge number. It's not a bad cornerback class. You know, there's some question as who the top cornerback is, but when you get in that second, third round area, you're going to be able to come out of it with a, with the guy that uh, could play nickel packages for you at the next level and could eventually develop into a starter. Now we're going to do some, some Patriots-specific spe- questions right here, and I guess we'll start off with, do you th- is there any chance that T.J. Hawkinson and Noah Fant would be available to them at all? T.J. Hawkinson, absolutely not. Noah Fant, I doubt it, especially uh, with the Green Bay Packers having that second selection uh, late in round one. If the Green Bay Packers go offensive line early in round one, I think uh, if if Noah Fant falls to them uh, with that second selection in round one, I think that's the guy they jump all over. So right now I think it would be a stretch for Noah Fant to uh, pull all the way down to the 32nd choice. Do you see any scenario that they might fall to, you know, the the 
you know, late teens, early twenties, and maybe you know the Patriots trade up as the as they try to find a replacement for Rob Gronkowski, or do you think that they're just going to go too high and it's really not worth it? Maybe because of the other tight ends that are behind them. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, don't think it's worth it. Plus, you know, Bill Belichick's tendencies have been actually to trade down in the draft, to collect extra selections. You know, trade uh, a second round pick this year for a first round selection uh, next year. You know, granted, it may be a little bit different because the clock is ticking, but I don't see that. That's really not what Belichick has done. He's been a master at working the draft, and with the depth at the position, you know, he may be better off trading back from round one into the second, uh, into the second round, getting a you know a highly rated tight end uh, who may be there, maybe a, a Dawson Knox in the middle of round two, uh, Jay Sternberger of Texas A&M, a, a good good tight end, then and collecting extra selections. So if they were to stay at number 32, who are some tight ends to keep an eye on? Like you said, is it Sternberger, maybe Irv Smith? Of, of that sort of second tier, who stands out to you? Well, if Irv Smith is there, he's my number three rated tight end right uh, at that point. I think that's a guy that they would like. Uh, not as big as Gronkowski, but it's similar in the way that when Gronkowski came into the league, he was uh, a tight end that played the position like a possession receiver. Uh, uh, Smith goes about 6'2 and a half, 242 pounds, ran a 4'6'3 at the combine. He plays to that speed, really doesn't have a big body of work, uh, Really, just really burst onto the scene uh, last season in 2018. Uh, but I really think that's the only guy that you consider in round one. Uh, after that, you're looking at primarily second, third round choices, which is why I say if they're not settled on any of the guys in round one, but they want a tight end, Probably better off trading down, getting some extra selections, and then taking one of the many tight ends that will be available in the second day of the draft. Another need for the Patriots seems to be on the defensive line. And you know, If they were to stay at number 32, who are some potential D-tackles and maybe some D-ends that might be available to them then? Jerry Killery of Notre Dame is a guy who uh, should be there late in round one. He's someone who would usually go in the middle of the first round, but there's so much talent at the defensive line position, he could fall down to them. I think that would be a consideration. Draymond Jones, a little bit undersized, but uh, is a guy who is very athletic, very explosive. Uh, Bill Check has had some success with guys from Ohio State. Makes a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage. Moves well laterally. If they're looking for a pure edge rusher, Jalen Ferguson of Louisiana Tech is a good fit in the very late uh, final selections of round one, early uh, round two. Uh, broke Terrell Suggs. Uh, NT2A sack record, a guy that is constantly menacing opposing offenses and someone that you really have to game plan around. Terrific edge rusher who has got some has got some growth potential and could be a good run defender down the line. If you were to give a prediction now with the Patriots number 32, what would it be? Would they take a player? Would they trade up, trade back? What, what would you necessarily do if you were you know, Bill Belichick? Based on their history, I think he'd probably rather trade down, get some extra selections, and then maybe look tight end or, or even defensive line around to it because uh, it's a good year in the sense that there is a lot of depth at the positions that they need. They probably want to come out of the draft with a couple of different players at each position. So I, I think, uh, you know, I would think that based on their history and based on their success in doing so, I think it's uh, probably, uh, if you're looking at smart money, 
he trades down and gets extra choices. Mm -hmm. Another big topic around in New England is the quarterbacks. And what do you see out of this year's class? You know, it doesn't seem like it's as strong as in years past. And but you never know what happens in the first round. You could get a run on quarterbacks. Do you buy into the thought at all that the Patriots would be interested in a first-round quarterback? I mean, if a guy like Daniel Jones happens to slide down to him, which I thought Daniel uh, Daniel Jones of Duke would do at one point in time. <clears throat> I think that'd be a perfect fit. I mean, he's a cerebral quarterback, which is what the, the Patriots like. He's a guy that they could develop over the course of time. He's got, you know, decent size at 6'5 uh, and change, 221 pounds. He's got a lot of upside. Played in, NFL, in an NFL system at Duke under a real good coach, David Cutcliffe. So I think if Daniel Jones somehow slides down there, I think uh, that would be a selection for them in round one. You know, later on, I think they could come out of the uh, the draft with a, a solid quarterback in the second day of the draft. Maybe Jared Stidham of Auburn, who I like a lot, just needs a little bit of uh, time and experience and seasoning playing in an NFL offense. He's got the physical skills. Uh, so I, I think that's a situation where, you know, the, the uh, Patriots can take him. And the Patriots have drafted quarterbacks in the past. They've just, they've just, they've just traded them. I mean, mm -hmm. whether it be Garoppolo, whether it be Kobe Brissett. So people keep saying that the Patriots – haven't addressed their quarterback need. They have addressed it. It's just that they've, you know, turned those quarterbacks into something, into draft picks or other players that they thought would help be uh, more helpful to them. What are your thoughts on Ryan Finley from NC State? He's a guy that has a lot of experience, which the Patriots like, you know, out of their quarterbacks. Do you see him as, as a fit? Where, where does he fit in your rankings? Right now, I have Finley as a fourth-round pick. Came into the season as the highest-rated quarterback uh, by NFL scouts, highest-rated senior quarterback, I should say. He was actually rated higher than Drew Locke coming into the season by NFL scouts. He's more of a game manager. He's a smart, cerebral guy, very accurate, uh, does a great job with his pass placement. Didn't have the season that people expected. If he had, a, if he really performed well as a senior and then had a good showing at the senior bowl, I think he would be in the talk, uh, in the equation, a narrative as the top 42 selection. He's got a good amount of upside. You know, with Ryan Finley, it's a situation where you just got to get him a little bit bigger. Doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, but that can be uh, improved, you know, in, in a weight training program, and then hope that he can get his game back to where it was in 2017. What's your take on, on Josh Rosen? If, if you're the Patriots, do you call Arizona? What's your, what's your thought on that? Maybe what the Cardinals are planning as well. Yeah, I, I absolutely would. I, you know, Rosen has a personality that rubs some people the wrong way, but I think Bill Belichick could work with him, and I think the New England Patriots organization could work with him, basically harness him and, and keep him focused. If Josh Rosen was in this year's draft, he's the top-rated quarterback. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's the most precise passer. He's the most accurate. He's the guy, unlike you know some of the quarterbacks in this year's draft, that really elevates the play of everyone else around them. So if he becomes available, which I think he eventually will, uh, and I'm the Patriots, you know, I'm absolutely going to pick up the phone and seeing, you know, if you could parlay that, uh, that, that 30-second pick into Josh Rosen, I think that would be a steal for the Patriots for a variety of reasons. It's just a matter of, you know, does Bill Belichick and, and the uh, organization feel that Rosen's personality is a good fit for that team? Yeah, do you think that's what's going to take to potentially land Rosen? Is is potentially a late first round pick? There, you know, it's been you know varying reports of what it would take to get him. Some said a third rounder, you know, a couple months ago. What do you think would ultimately, you know, get the Cardinals to trade Josh Rosen? Well, I, I mean, it, it still depends on the supply and demand. I mean, the more teams that are in the market for Josh Rosen, 
whether it be, you know, the, the Patriots, possibly San Diego Chargers, Washington Redskins, that's going to drive the price up. I don't think it's going to go for a third rounder. I don't think the Cardinals will let them go for a third rounder. But if you're looking for a second round pick, I, I mean, if a team like the Washington Redskins are offering their pick in the second round, Patriots are going to have to come up with a bit of a better offer. Uh, and the you know and, and that would uh, be their uh, their 32nd choice mm-hmm. the, the 32nd choice in the draft I'm sorry yep and the Patriots have six picks in the top 101, so clearly, you know, a lot at the top. And when you look at their needs, wide receiver is probably at the top of the list. Belichick hasn't had a great deal of success of, you know, picking receivers or even doing it for that matter high in the draft. Do you see any of the guys that could stand out to the Patriots maybe on day two as receivers? There'll be a lot of good day two receivers uh, where they're selected. Terry McLaurin of Ohio State uh, had, an, had a solid senior season. Wasn't off the charts, but really in the pre-draft process has checked all the boxes. Was great at the senior bowl. Ran 4-3-5 during pro day. Looked good in position drills. I think he's positioned himself as a second rounder. J.J. Excuse me, J.J. Arcega White side of Stanford, 6'2", 225 pounds. Really has been a, uh, a scoring machine uh, for Stanford. A guy who gets up and, and really wins out for the contested throws. Ran much faster than people expected at his uh, pro day workout. Ran a four five one. A Riley Ridley, I, I think, would be a good fit for them. Terrific route runner, decent size, six one and a half, uh, one hundred ninety nine pounds. Didn't run all that well at the combine. Ran just uh, under in the high four fives. But again, a very good route runner with dependable hands. So you know, in that second third round, if they want to get a, a good receiver, you're not really looking at number or number one receiver. You're looking at number twos and number threes. He'll be able to come out of the uh, out of the second day of the draft with one of those guys. A local kid out of UMass, Andy Isabella, great combine, tested out really well. What are you hearing on him, and what are your thoughts on on him? Not necessarily to the Patriots, but just overall, where do you see him potentially going? Yeah, and he'd be a great fit for the Patriots because he's their type of receiver. You know, not, not only a great combine, but a great senior season. Uh, I mean, he was the guy who was. It's just a gamer. Uh, I believe he had 15 receptions in the game against Georgia. Seven of them were at halftime, and even though UMass basically got blown out of the water, the Georgia, uh, Georgia defense could not stop Andy Isabella. He's quick, he's fast, he runs great routes, he finds ways to separate, he plays tough, smart football. The only problem with Isabella is his lack of height. He's under five foot nine, 188 pounds. You know, can he line up on the outside, or is he solely a slot receiver? Although there's been more and more importance placed on slot receivers in the league in recent years. I think he's going to go somewhere in the in the third round area. Going to be a very good slot receiver, return specialist, punt return at the next level. What are your thoughts on Hunter Renfro? He's a guy that's been connected to the Patriots for really years now. Do you see him as being you know an uh, impactful NFL player? Uh you know it depends on what your definition of impactful is. Do I yeah. think that Hunter Renfro is the type of guy that can come up in the big spot? Absolutely. That's all he did at Clemson. But is Hunter Renfro the type of guy that's going to make five, six, seven receptions on a gaming game out basis? I don't. I don't think he, he will. He just doesn't have the, the physical skills. At five ten and a half, hundred eighty four pounds, just broke four six seconds uh, at the combine. I think he's a last day pick. I personally have him as a six round prospect. I think he can play at the next level, but he does have some limitations. I think with Renfro, you're looking more at a, a fourth or fifth uh, receiver at the next level who. You know, we'll make the big reception on third down. We'll make the big reception in the red zone. But if you're looking for a guy to produce big numbers on a week-in, week-out basis, I don't think Renfro's that type of receiver. 
And then, last, you got one big general question sort of on the draft process and how everything works. From your experience, what do you sort of look for when you're connecting players to teams the most? Is it What has most importance? Is it, you know, the meetings at the Combine, the Pro Days, the, the top 30 visits? Is Are the top 30 visits sometimes more smoke screens in a way? Like, what do you look at most when you're sort of determining, you know, what, you know, players might be most connected to certain teams? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, top 30 visits, really not that much. I rely on what people tell me on the inside. I look at the team needs, and then I try and match it with the best player combined with what I'm hearing. So, you, you know, once in a while you hear something off the beaten path, you may go in that direction, and you kind of squint, and you say, well, I, I hope this is right. But I rely on what people tell me, and I rely on, you know, what the team needs as well as what I see on film because I do my own scouting for 11 and a half months a year. So, you know, I'm not going to have a guy like Andy Isabella going early in round two uh, if I think he's a, he's a third-round uh, prospect. So when you see the Patriots bring in all these wide receivers and quarterbacks, is that do you read into that at all, that they're interested in, in those positions, or is it more maybe those guys have questions? Like, what, what do you think most teams, especially the Patriots, use their top 30 visits for? Yeah, you know, the Patriots, I've noticed the trend with, uh, with the Patriots where if they're bringing in a certain position or a lot of players at a certain position, they usually don't select players. Right, exactly. They're uh, in the draft, and I've charged that for a while. You know, you, you get to say they're bringing in all these linebackers, they're going to go linebacker, and then they don't take a linebacker. So I, I don't think that, that you, you, you know, you can go by that. You know, a lot of times when they bring in players, it's usually because they have questions about players. Yep. Maybe there's a character issue. Maybe they want to test his football intelligence. Maybe they want to give him another exam. So that's why a lot of teams bring players in. You know, if you're sold on a player, you know he's got a squeaky, quick, clean background. You're able to spend time with him at the senior ball, the combine. Not really worth bringing that guy in if you already know all about him or you're satisfied knowing about him either on a positive note or a negative note. Thanks so much, Tony. Really appreciate the insight. We'll be following you along all next week leading up to the draft. Thanks again. We can follow you on Twitter at, at Tony Pauline. Tony, thanks so much. Thanks for having me.